freaks, cannibals and critters, it's time to get our horror on. Welcome to your weekly dose of horror news and fun. This is episode 14 of Terrorvision Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Dan McGuinness, and joining me is my co-host, Jennifer the Dream Warrior Strand. Together we are two people with a love of horror and feel the burn of our obsolete blockbuster memberships. You can catch us weekly on all major podcasting services and YouTube. But what we all want to know is, Jennifer, how has your week been? Uh, my week has been very busy, followed by a lot of nothingness and then strange happenings. What, st- uh, <laughs> strange? What, you got a ghost in your house? No, that would be really cool if I did, actually. I'd love that. Uh, no, I some strange, weird lady tried to fight me at the shopping centre the other day. As in, were, um, were you stealing her toilet paper? I was not. I, I was trying to walk towards the shopping centre from the car park and she didn't like the look of my T-shirt. Uh, she didn't like the fact that you could sort of see my ankles and she was yelling something and she, like, came up to me and she took, like, a running swing at me. Really? It was, yeah, it was really strange and odd and uh, well, no, she, I can laugh about it now, but it gave me a lot of anxiety at the time. But she was angry you could see your ankles. What, is she a 1940s time traveller? Like, not allowed to um, show your ankles off? <laughs> I don't know. I'm pretty certain there was some kind of substance abuse happening there. So, yeah. I suppose the moral of the story is, did she fall over and did you take her stash? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, No, she kind of got distracted by cigarettes and just left me alone. So that was very odd. Very, very odd. Were you by yourself? I was by myself, actually. and. Yeah, so I'm kind of glad that it didn't escalate further. Yeah. Um, I'll never wear my Vincent Price T-shirt to the shops ever again. Was it Vincent Price? I was going to ask, what was the T-shirt? And what was on your ankle? Do you have like an ankle tattoo? I don't, no. Um, Maybe maybe that's what her problem was. She was like, why don't you have a seahorse tattoo on your ankle? (laughs) Because I don't belong in the 90s. Um, no, well, I mean, I had, uh, I, I'm wearing an ankle brace at the moment because I've, I've upset my ankle. So she probably didn't like the look of that. She probably thought well, it might have been one of those, you know, those home detention ankle bracelets. And she was yeah, like, give me that, like, give me that. <laughs> trying to Highlander me. She's like, there can only be one on home detention. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. That was a very interesting part of my Sunday. So it kind of just like shook me for the rest of the day. Uh, but aside from that, you know, very busy week. Binged all of Umbrella Academy on Friday. Just all uh, of it? Or season just, two? Oh, sorry. Just season two. That's still binging a lot, hey? How many episodes are yeah. there? There's 10. Or 10 hours or however long they 10 go episodes. For. Yeah, it's, it's not now, too bad. Did I, you enjoy it? I did. I thought it was stronger than the first season. Oh, it's going to be hard because I really enjoyed that first season. I really enjoyed oh. um, Hazel and Cha-Cha. I haven't watched it yet. I've only watched I the first three Hazel. episodes of the new season. Yeah. But now. Okay. No, I love Hazel. Um, Favourite character. But, yes, so that was my week. How about you? Um, well, I watched a couple of things. Uh, first of all, I watched. Uh, I started watching the Doom Patrol, you know, the DC yeah. one. Um, Brandon Fraser. Brandon Fraser, is that his name? Encino Man? Yes. Yeah. He yep. plays like a robot in it and a whole bunch of other people. It seemed pretty good, but I feel that like I then I started watching Umbrella Academy and that kind of uh, overshadowed it a bit. Still good, Doom yeah. Patrol, but Umbrella Academy is like bloody ace, like such a good vibe. Yeah. 
Um, mm-hmm. Then I watched Swallowed Souls, which is like the Evil Dead 2 documentary. Uh, that's really good. Um, yeah. It shows a lot of footage in it. That, so the prop, the, the special effects guys in it were these like young team of five dudes who were just these like larrikin weirdos um, that just basically just were doing their dream job and just playing pranks on each other and doing all this weird stuff. But they're also making right. videos of everything they did and make, they, they weirdly just make whatever they shot in Evil Dead that day, they'd go back to their office and make a, a budget stupid version of it and stuff <laughs> like that, so of the scenes. And, um, that sounds amazing. So there's so much footage of just them fucking around and filming the film, you know what I mean? Like, So you can just watch yeah. them making all of Evil Dead and just seeing all the costumes and the ho- the cabin that they built, they uh, they hired out or they got like a whole uh, a high school and that's where they shot it all. And the gym, they remade the cabin, which was true story, yeah. so you could get underneath it and on top of it and everything like that. And they built that in the gym and... And it, you just see it all, and it's just such a good. And everyone's in it apart from Sam Raimi. But you got like Bruce yeah. Campbell, you get like uh, Teddy Raimi, who played like you know the late the the, the mum in the fruit cellar, like someone's been in yeah. my fruit cellar. And man, they <laughs> broke so many rules of like like they were just like we were so happy to be there. We didn't care about occupational health and safety. And man, like the stuff they did was just so like face palmingly like illegal these days so good but that 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 costume of the old lady is completely sealed latex and he Mm. was in it for like a day at a time and he couldn't (laughs) breathe and he fainted like a couple of times and it was because they shot it in like a a state that was super duper hot and he was just sweating in there and it showed them like piercing open the bottom and they were just pouring out sweat like you know, litres of it. It was filling up with his sweat, that costume. And there's Sounds a bit, like something they would do in Jackass. Yeah, and yeah, that's what I thought. And there's a bit where, like, she grabs, like, in the film, she's floating and she's yeah. above him and grabbing him and spinning around. And they're like, look at this shot. And they show the shot. And there's, like, water, just white water pouring out of her ear. And he goes, that's his sweat and the powder from inside of the suit. Like it's not an effect, yeah. but it's just pour, oh, it's just liquid pouring yeah. out of her ear. And it looks great. Cause you're just like, That's so good. and he's like, that wasn't supposed to happen. That was just how much. And because it was Sam Raimi's brother in there, Sam Raimi would just go like, no, nah, you're fine. Keep going. Like, and just, <laughs> Rub some down. yeah, just tortured his brother, the whole set. And it's just worth watching. It's a great, it's a great film. I mean, great, okay. great documentary. Um, it, it doesn't have much of that, you know, that fucking pat on the bat fuckery that heaps of that shit has. You know, like, oh, he's such a good person to work with and all that crap. It doesn't have much yeah. of that. It's more just about the effects and the stop motion animation. And I mean, the start, yeah. there's a bit of that, you know, there's a bit of that dick swinging and all shit like that. But it's it's pretty good. Um, I really want to hear feuds. Like, I, I would, I much prefer to, I would love to watch documentaries about filmmaking where people sat down and be like, you know what? He was an absolute dickhead. <laughs> I hated working with him. Worst guy to ever. Never again. But the film was really great. He did a really good job. Mm. That to me is so much better. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I don't know. I don't like conflict. I like seeing people get along. <laughs> no, no one likes conflict. But, you know, I'd like a little bit more honesty out of people. Mm. You hear all these stories, but no one ever like openly admits it in things. There are, a couple, the there are a couple of stories in this one, but yeah, most of it is just how yeah. blatantly illegal oh, that cool. film was. <laughs> and like, it's just good <laughs> hearing about how they got it up and running. Like after you know they weren't allowed to use any Evil Dead footage because it was a different company they did it with, so they had to remake yeah. bits, and then it ended up being like you know 
yeah, why did they go back to the cabin? And then then it's like, well, we can't use the old stuff. Let's just remake it as if the first one didn't happen, but it didn't come across like that. And that's what Bruce yeah. Campbell says. It just looks like the idiot like character came back to the cabin with a bunch of new people. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. And it's fine, yeah. And apart from that, I um I got a, a beta code to start playing Marvel <laughs> Avengers on PlayStation Four, and that's really I am really really enjoying it. It's basically just a third person Destiny type game but you play as the avengers and it's got a really deep skill tree and you know you can keep getting into it and into it and into it unlocking new costumes everything in the game's free there's no in-game mm-hmm. purchases so it's basically the more really? you play the more you know you get you get like points or whatever and then you can just use those points to unlock costumes everything moves such a good such i reckon it's gonna be great i can people are gonna go nuts over this game because eh? it's so mm. deep marvel nerdism and you can get as deep in it as you want. You can collect comics, like all the comics. You know what I mean? Like, oh, that's so cool. Um, you can collect, you know, uh, everything. And it's all online. So you go in with four people and just, you know, and you can upgrade like, you know, Black Widow. You upgrade her. And then if you yep. play another person, because you're always going with four and it puts in four NBCs if you don't have to play with friends, but it puts in your version of that character into your team. So if you've up, okay. if you've upped her, that stronger version of her will be in your team as an NPC. So you're actually not just upping characters, you're upping your team. You're creating an Avengers team, which is really cool. Sure. That and sounds like fun. We should get into the show. We've been, like, speaking for, like, you we know, should. 10 minutes about just stuff and shit. <laughs> we're shooting, look, we're shooting the shit and that's what people want to hear. All right. Let's all, right. So so once again, we have done what we did last year. Last year? Last episode of we are uh, – we did – we did three homework episodes this week, meaning me and Jen watched three movies together, um, which I think works pretty good. I like. I think that works well when we've both seen it, if you know what I mean, because we can bounce off of each yeah. other kind of thing. But we also do our single movie. So we've done one movie each. Um, did you want to start, Jen, with your single, your rogue movie? R- your ro- my rogue movie. Yeah. Oh, my full of regrets rogue movie. Oh, dear, because this is oh done by dear. someone you high and pretty, uh, you know, you hold in pretty high regard. I know. I know. So I rewatched Lords of Salem by Rob Zombie. Hang on, you rewatched it. So you already knew you didn't like it. <laughs> well, okay. So the first time I watched it was when it was released in 2012. And at this point it hadn't been released in Australia. So I had to buy a copy from the UK, have it shipped over for an exorbitant amount of money, uh, only to find that I didn't like it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so I haven't watched it since and I thought oh you know what like I, I wouldn't mind giving it a rewatch like I love him and yeah no it's, it's it could be good and it's not no nah. so it, it's just it's not and so this is is this part of like the the house of a thousand corpses like trilogy trilogy orgy what is it <laughs> I got it <laughs> his three from hell trilogy uh, it's not. It's a. It is a standalone film. Um, it's basically uh, the city set in the city of Salem, um, and this coven of witches are burned at the stake. And as they're being burned at the stake, they vow to, you know, basically the the future generations of all these people that have burned them are going to pay dearly with their daughters. Oh dear. Um, yeah. I want. And then, wait. Uh, I want to hear the. Uh... The uh, the write up. We have to do that every week for every movie. You know, like the 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 letterboxed synopsis. Oh, the, this is basic. Uh, so the tagline: "We've been waiting. We've always been waiting." Oh. And then it just leads into the city of Salem, Massachusetts, is visited by a coven of ancient witches. Oh, is that it? 
Oh, is that a, is that a lady on the cover? I thought that was the long-haired dude from the the um, House of the Thousand Corpses. You know him with the beard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought it was he him with the shaved beard because he has no, that. He has that makeup, doesn't he? Pretty much. Um, I think at one point he has something very, very similar. Yeah, in House of a Thousand Corpses, because I watched it the other day. Like he has that yeah. base, that symbol as well. I think on his head. Quite possibly. Anyhow, um, it the- is it is big in in Rob Zombie lore now. Um, so basically, uh, this one character, she's a disc jockey at a radio station. They receive this album called The Lords. Uh, when it's played, it sort of has this weird effect on her and she starts sort of spiraling into this, you know, oh, something's happening to me kind of thing. Was it Lord? Um, did you say? It's The Lords. Oh, it's not Lord, like the singer girl. <laughs> no, that would spiral me Rand- into some form. Randy Marsh. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am Lord. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been better. Um, so yeah, basically, this was a film that Rob Zombie uh, was given complete creative freedom. I just don't think he's and that good. He do- he cannot function with creative freedom, even in in interviews. Because I I sort of read up a little bit about it and I. Like, I, I don't like shitting on his stuff, but at the same time, he doesn't give two shits who I am or whether I'm shitting on his stuff or not. Shit away, woman. <laughs> Shit away. It The concept is great. I like the idea of, you know, it's set in Salem. Um, I like the idea that she's a radio DJ. It reminds me of um, what's her name from Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I love that kind of thing. So yeah, the yeah, concept yeah. there, but it's just so very poorly executed. Oh man! Um, they that... use he uses a lot of needless imagery for the sake of trying to generate this weird feeling of like as if you're watching a nightmare unfold. Is that like when within um like House of a Thousand Corpses when he just cuts to like close ups of TVs and you know really art arty art school kind of crap? Is that what you mean? Yeah, like he definitely has this this whole art school vibe. He knows what he like. He's huge into horror, and he knows what he likes. But I don't think that he can sort of. I don't think his brain allows him to calm the fuck down, think about what he's doing, and actually do it. Because once he was told that he could do whatever he wanted, he had his original script, and he's like, "Well, what I had versus what was the final product were two very different things." Man, if I and, if I had creative freedom and money, I would just make the goriest film it would just be like a demons it'd just be evil dead but different yep you know what i mean like <laughs> but i think the the biggest mistake he makes with most of his films he keeps putting his wife in them oh really like which one's his wife uh sherry moon zombie so the lady that's on the the cover of the dvd so the main character the main female in pretty much all of his films is his wife it what other characters does she play because i don't know who she is well, she played the Firefly girl, so the young girl in House of a Thousand Corpses. She was the weird one that was yeah, that, laughing. Yeah, that, that one, yeah. like the one, Ta- the, the talking, daughter. Yeah, the daughter talking like a baby, which um, just infuriates me. Anyway, um, she's just she's always in his films in any way, shape, or form. He just chucks her in, and I feel that that is at detriment to his final product. Yep. She's not a very good actress. Like, she is gorgeous to look at. She was trained as a vo- voice actress and she can do that kind of stuff. But, oh, really? I, I, yeah. I can only imagine what 
this film could have been if it was someone completely different. Um, it has a very strong cast. You know, Patricia Quinn's in it. We all know her as like Magenta from Rocky Horror. Uh, Bruce Davison's in it, uh, Jeff Daniel Phillips, Judy Geeson, Meg Foster, um, all these people, even Dee Wallace, she's in it. He knows who he likes and he uses them consistently throughout his films. But this was just, it was just senseless, weird shit for the sense of being Nonsical, nonsical. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I gotta admit, I'm not a fan of his films. Like, I like, I like that he's homaging a definite style of film, and and a time and a period and a feeling that he would have had when he was watching stuff. But I don't think he ever actually really nails it. Like, it always seems like he's he's trying heaps hard to reference that thing. You know what I mean? Like, it's kind of weird. I think. One of his problems is he's always trying to push the envelope, but I think the envelope's given him a paper cut. He's ripped it. It's on the floor somewhere. He's actually already sent it. There is a lot that he he just needs to stop and like rein it in and think about it a little bit more before he sort of produces something. Because at the by the end of the film, there's this whole sequence of just weird imagery. And she's like riding on a goat for some reason. There's no need for that. There's some weird turkey baby. Ooh. And they're playing like skipping ropes. That's like, what the fuck is that? Why is that that? Sam- and the whole point, his whole point of it is so you can come out going, what did I just watch? Oh, yeah. I'm going to write a thesis on that. It sounds but like he's just is- going down the Evangelion road of just like nonsical ending. <laughs> like- yeah, more than likely. And I just. No, you know, I I, I want to say I like it because I like him. I love his music, mostly like White Zombie and early Rob Zombie. All this stuff now is is very. He's it's kind of like he's got a lot of stuff going on. He's got a lot of great ideas, but because he's got his fingers in so many pies, it's all sort of like half-assed. Oh no, he spread too thin. He is spread too thin. So I think if he just like shut down, worked on a film without working on a record or a soundtrack or this or that or the other then he'd have an amazing film. If he just shut down and just worked on a record, he'd have an amazing record. Yeah. Um, but. Yeah, all right. I mean, get, well, I give him credit. It's heaps hard to make a film. We all know that. Oh, like, the fact yeah. that even films get made, like, bomboozles me. So even when there's a bad film, it's still got made. So I always give it, like, a half a star it gets from being made. <laughs> but, For um, sure. Like, I mean, I've never made a film. I can't make film. I probably could if I tried. It's very it probably hard. probably wouldn't be the best film. But, you know, that's why I get to sit here and talk about it. So It is cool, though, uh, that he makes films that he wants to see and he doesn't care. You know what I mean? Like, that's exactly that, right. And that, that's always good that a creator can do that when, when yeah. I think, I guess he self-funds his stuff. Like, um, Well, this one was produced by Jason Blum. So Blumhouse, I don't think it was Blumhouse, but he had a hand in it as well. So. All right. Jason Blum um, must be all over it. That guy. Yeah. He knows what he likes. So, yeah. I mean, Rob Zombie, he's cool. I didn't like this film, but that's also cool. Hmm. He'll make something else and I might like it. I have think. you liked the last couple of his films? like, Or have you just enjoyed the first couple and you're just hoping there's going to be another good one <laughs> like me? <laughs> like, I <laughs> really much. enjoyed House of Thousand Corpses. I really, I enjoy, I really like The Devil's Rejects. And after that, I haven't found anything I've liked. No. So I really enjoy House of a Thousand Corpses. Devil's Rejects was, that was a huge step up for him, I, I felt. I think he sort of found some footing 
and because he didn't try to go too crazy with it, but he went to a level that was still pretty fucked up. Yeah. Um, well, when you say he's the pushing, rest of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you like the rest? The rest of them haven't been great. Mm. Like I'm not even a hundred percent sure. Like I only know those films, so I'm not sure if he's done like you know. As- well, he did thirty one, um, which was something about clowns, people being trapped and hunted by clowns, people in clown masks. Um, that was pretty average. And then there was Three from Hell, which was pretty bad. But they did the Halloween, that's right. They did Halloween. I don't mind the first one. Didn't really like the second one. I didn't watch but... the second one. I didn't even bother. Yeah. I actually forgot it existed. Yeah. So when people were like, oh, they're doing re- re-redoing Halloween, I went, are they? <laughs> like, I've yeah. forgotten that. But I, I think he wants to forget that he did the second one. It was basically like, well, you can either do it or we're going to get someone else to do it. And he didn't like the idea of that, so he did it. Mm. it it's funny because he does use his wife in every movie. It looks like it's just a massive, like, like he's done five films in the same like universe, but they're not. <laughs> There's only three yeah. of them in the same universe. Yeah. Um, she's, yeah, I don't know. She, she's, she's not a terrible actress, but... He needs to step outside that box. What did he do in Grindhouse? Was he was it one of the trailers he did or something? Yeah, he did one of the trailers. I think it was the Thanks Killing. <laughs> no, it was the the Werewolf Women of the SS because he did the song Werewolf Women of the SS. Yeah, that makes sense. Oh, and there's a whole oh, there's Werewolf Women and the SS. Yes. A shot. Yeah, a mock trailer attached to Grindhouse. Yeah, right. Cool. All right. Yeah. So you don't yeah, you don't was- rate it. You don't rate it. Look, I gave it two stars because I like the cast, I like the concept, I like some of the imagery, but that's about it. Oh, all right. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I can rewatch it. I can now I don't have to rewatch it again anytime soon. Nice. Well, I watched Blue Monkey. Have you heard of Blue Monkey? I have heard of it, have not watched it. So this is a nineteen eighty seven William Furret film. He did a movie. Do you remember a movie called Spasms? He did that. Vaguely. And he did a, four episodes of Animorphs, <laughs> 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 which, uh, uh, which recently has been my favourite payout that I saw like on, on social media. Someone had put a picture up of a, an Animorph and their payout was, that dude looks like the middle, the middle picture of an Animorph. <laughs> like, as in, <laughs> and I'm like, that's a great sure. payout. Um uh, so this movie's called Blue Monkey. I had no idea what it was. I just kind of randomly found it on a, you know, like on a horror, getting deep into a late night horror, you know, uh, like Safari online with like, you know, 400 yep. tabs open and I found this one eventually. Um, yes. So it's called Blue Monkey. Why? I don't know. It doesn't actually say. I looked it up and the only trivia I could find was the movie's original title was Green Monkey. <laughs> But was changed at the last minute to avoid confusion um, since there was a popular conspiracy theory at the time that green monkeys had spread AIDS to the humans. Right. Well, the only thing I know about is the jade monkey from The Simpsons. It's like you must find the jade monkey before the clock strikes midnight. That's all I know. Well, the reason it's called Blue Monkey is because at one point there's a a bunch of little kids who are having nightmares, and within their nightmares they mention there's a boogeyman which they named the Blue Monkey, and it's fully a passing comment that you can miss, and they named the whole film out of it. But when the film starts, it doesn't actually have Blue Monkey come up as a title. The title on the one I watched was just called Insect. 
<laughs> yeah. Which makes way more sense. So, yeah, you know. what was the, um, did you want to read the tagline or whatever it is to this one? They breed, they hatch, they kill. Maybe it's just a phase they're going through. Yeah, that, it's not even a comedy. I don't know why that last bit's on there. And can you do the synopsis <laughs> for me? So you're the okay. official synopsis reader. Great. Uh, while working in a greenhouse, a man receives an insect bite after touching an exotic plant. Immediately, he falls ill and is taken to an emergency room where doctors diagnose him as suffering from an unknown bacteria and a strange parasite, which emerges from his mouth as a large, slimy, worm-like creature. Soon, there are more cases of bacterial infection, but the more immediate problem for the hospital is the worm-like creature, which after accidentally... Uh, after accidental exposure to a genetic growth stimulant grows to monstrous proportions and starts a reign of terror and bloodshed in the hospital's abandoned wing. Wow, that is the whole plot of the film in that synopsis. <laughs> that uh, was a fucking mouthful. It was great. So, yeah, uh, the guy at the start, it, it starts off with two old biddies in, in a greenhouse flirting with each other, asking each <laughs> other out to dinner and stuff and going, ooh, and they're so old. And then he gets, you know, a, he gets a thorn. You know, she goes, what's this flower? Oh, that's a new one for the collection. And then he gets, you know, he he, he stabs it on like a, a thorn and he gets sick. And, you know, and it, so that's that. Well, that's the reason he goes to the hospital. So, uh, so yeah, so the scenes in it that really stood out was the maggot coming out of the dude's mouth. It was hilarious. It was like this big old cock coming out of this old man's mouth <laughs> and it looked gross it looked great as well it was like a big maggot so mm. that was a standout scene for me i thought that was kind of funny you've got like the main actor in it he's like a full chiseled um what's his name uh what is his name it's steve no yeah steve um steve rails back who was in the devil's rejects oh and life force which is the one with What's the other time? Um, yeah, he's been in a whole bunch. Like, you know, he's been in, uh, just looking at his film repertoire. He's in Disturbing Behaviour. He's in a whole bunch of stuff. He's in The Line yeah. of Fire. You remember that? Clint Eastwood film. Anyway, he's in a whole bunch of stuff. Um, he regrets, to this day, he actually, like, regrets, is embarrassed that he was in this film. <laughs> really? Uh, it's coming from the guy that was in Alligator 2, The Mutation. I know. It's, sure. a, bit, it's a bit weird. So there is some... <laughs> So they, they regret to uh, mention a whole bunch of stuff in that synopsis, like the army comes and um, straight away just locks down the hospital and goes, we have to go to stage four quarantine. I'm like, ooh, I've heard these terms really recently on the news. Right. So there's this quarantine thing, except stage four quarantine is just locking everyone in a building and then dropping a bomb on it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, watch out, Melbourne. Uh, <laughs> so... Yeah, the kids, there's a bunch of kids I was born before, they accidentally feed the, feed the bug a growth hormone uh, syrup. But, like, because they get in there, because there's just a nurse and a two uh, a nurse and a doctor having sex on the most uncomfortable still table you could ever imagine for no reason, mm-hmm. apart from the sexy scene. And then, and then, yeah, and then the bug grows. And the bug's actually really cool. It was like, I mean, you could tell that it was like a a man 
dressed in a big bug outfit, but the bug looked, it looked legit. It was like a, it was basically, they kept going, it's not like any bug I've ever seen. I'm like, you've never seen a praying mantis? Because it was just basically <laughs> a praying mantis. Uh, a big, but he had like six, he had like four arms of those praying mantis arms instead of two or whatever. It looked great. And it was a dude just running around. Like you never saw like the whole body, if you know what I mean. It was kind of like, if you did see the whole body, yeah. it was from a distance and blurred, which was cool. It looked great. Um, or it was kind of close up or it's waist shot and stuff like that. Um, and also what they didn't uh, mention is that the, the, these people were really lucky that the hospital had a new experimental laser just installed. <laughs> oh, convenience, convenience. I know. So that's how they deal with the bug, obviously. Um, and there's a bit like at the end where the bug is like, apparently it's in a big room and it's, it's kind of like jumped up onto the ceiling and it's jumping from like, you know, rafter to rafter. But when it shows it, it's clearly just the costume getting swung on a rope <laughs> with no one in it, which makes it amazing. Um, cool. the, the, it's got w- wicked overacting, you know, like, you know, everyone yells, everyone is just so intense and it's just, um, but it, it flows along quite smoothly and quickly like you know in a lot of those old films like nothing kind of happens and you get bored in bits where this every scene kind of is is funny or got horror in it which is kind of cool um there is a really gory scene of like the bug because he's got pincery kind of arms or whatever he grabs someone from like in front of him or the neck and chops their head off and it looks so good but when he chops it it kind of pops up and I don't know if he was supposed to do it, but then the, the the guy in the costume caught the head again with the bug's pincers, like when it pops up. And there's all this blood coming out everywhere. And it looked really and it looked like for a nineteen eighty seven film, I thought it looked really gory. But then again, I okay. thought I thought back and I'm like, hang on, this is years after Evil Dead. Am I giving this film more credit than it, it? and I mm. fully was because in my mind I was watching like an, a mid seventies film, it feels like. It even looks like a mid seventies film. But it wasn't. Okay. It was like, unless it got released really after it was finished, like, because in that Evil Dead that documentary, they were saying, because Evil Dead came out in like, what was it, 81 or whatever it was. But they said yeah. that they'd, they'd finished it like, you know, at like eight, like at 78 or something like that. And it took like three years to come out. Yeah. So, though I think there was an aquatic horror that was released. It was originally made in the 70s and released in the 70s, but it, bombed hard so they just took it off and then re-released it around the same time as like leviathan or one of the other aquatic horrors and they just like renamed it and it did really well Hmm. so i can't i can't remember which one it was they shunned away anyway this film was it was it was well made it was very clear i had a really really like the the version i watched was really nice you know it was off of film stock so it was like had nice grain on it uh it had some really beautiful shots there was lots of shots like the hospital had like an underground place where the bug was hiding and uh Mm -hmm. there were lots of shots of corridors that were lit at the end and people walking into it with silhouettes or away from the bug like that and they looked really good nice Beautiful shot. So the, like the 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 DOP was obviously had his shit together. So it wasn't just crap shots. Like there was heaps of effort put into the bug. There was a ladybug, as in like the queen laying eggs. So there was this threat of like you know within like one day there was going to be six hundred of them, and then after after that there'll be like twelve hundred. You know what I mean? Like and then um yeah. it would take people and like cocoon them into into big blobs on the on the roof and lay eggs in the body and keep them alive. And like supposedly the agony they go through, like getting injected with the things, which was um, a lot of things about being like that recently. Uh, films we've been watching, injecting stuff into people and growing. 
Um, but yeah, it, 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 I mean, if you really want, if you love your bug, big bug films, it's worth having a watch. Like I was just like, oh, this is, this is the reason why this came up is because it's very well made and might be overacted, but the effects look good. The plot, it moves along, the plot goes along and it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't, yeah. it's well, not one of those stupid films. You know when people just do stupid shit? The only stupid shit was the people having sex on the table. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I mean, you know, it was the 80s, mate. You'd have to get whatever you wanted, yeah, even if you were at work. True. I mean, you had me at Big Bug Film, so. Big Bug Film. Um, Big Bug Film. But, yeah, so great, great, great little flick. Um, I can't remember what I gave it, probably three stars. What did you give it? You gave it two and a half stars, Dan. Oh, yeah, well, two and a half, three. It was fine. It was okay. It was tough it wasn't, because they were having on the table. It's definitely, you know, you want to be, yeah, you have to get in, you have to know that you're watching an old film when you watch this one. Like, and as soon as you do that, like, I always find I enjoy the films more as soon as I go, well, it's an old film, I don't expect months out of this. And then I suddenly get, like, you know, I love it. I was like, oh, because I'm, I'm always happy. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's about that's it. That's all you need. Should we move on to homework? We should. Homework! Woo! So every week, Jennifer and I set ourselves a horror movie to watch as homework, and then we review it together the following week. But as I said, this week we've done three movies. We might actually do it like this from now on. Do you think, Jen? Do you I like, think so. Do you like watching the so we can work out at the end of the show what three films we're going to watch, and then True. go and then go from there. So the first one we watched was Night of the Comet, nineteen eighty four by Thom, <laughs> like Tom with a H. Um, what's his name? Eb- Eberhard. Eberhard? Eberhard. Eberhard. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So what, what is the synopsis of this film, Jen? Okay. They came. They shopped. They saved the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, they didn't, uh, but yeah, okay. They really didn't. Um, so two girls from the valley wake up to find that a passing comet has eradicated their world and left behind a mysterious red dust and a pack of cannibal mutants. Cannibal mutants? <laughs> Okay, sure. <laughs> With the help of a friendly truck driver, the girls save the earth, earth from a villainous think tank, karate chop their way through flesh-eating zombies, and, of course, find time to go to the mall. Now, what did you think straight up of this film? I really liked it. So did I. I. I didn't. Oh, why? No, like, I, like, I'm leaning more towards I really liked it because I've actually been thinking a lot about it yeah, recently. It, it, it was really fun. Like yeah, it it, it 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 was going for that comedy horror, and I think it kind of did it quite well. I can see here that you didn't like all the actresses, but I thought all the actresses did a really good job. I thought they were really genuine in all their lines and what they said as of being Valley Girls. They're not too dumb either. They weren't clueless Valley Girls. Not as no. In- I mean, I just didn't like Samantha. She annoyed me. But the cheerleader. She she was meant to annoy me. Yeah, which was, yeah, she, yeah. she was like an adolescent, like, I'm wicked teen and stuff. Yeah. Um, it really like laid it on thick though at the start with that, the stepmom just beating up on the. On oh her. my God. <laughs> <laughs> slaps her and then she slaps her back and then she just decks her one. She like goes rolling yeah, over. So, yeah, so the That's daughter, what? the daughter's cheeky and the mum slaps her. So she slaps the mum back, which I thought was in the shot was a really hard, real slap. Did you notice that? I was it like, oh, did a she? Hard, real slap. Yeah, did she? Act- and she- then, and then the mum punches her stepdaughter in the face, <laughs> um, which was kind of just not okay. <laughs> yeah. So we, and then you've got so that her name's Sam, and then Reg 
is a bigger sister who works in a uh, is a works in a cinema. Yeah. At the time, she's a badass. Yeah, she was she was an absolute badass with really cool puffy hair and cool clothes. Um, yeah, she was. I think she was my favorite of the two. Yeah, definitely. Um, just because she was. She said, I feel that just the whole way through, she was just this really sort of strong, badass type. But as soon as they had gone to the mall and thereafter, she kind of like her whole demeanor changed. Well, yeah, because well, after the mall, she meets those crazy people like those. I, I didn't really understand. So basically the media comes mm-hmm. down to Earth. It goes across Earth. It turns uh, – we will have to talk about the effects as well because they look really good. Like they're, all I the, really like the Yeah, all the city skyline shots were beautiful. So they all they've done is just taken really nice shots of the city and then put mm-hmm. like a, a gradient red tone like that just toned out for it. Like, so it was red at the top and just got gradually, you know, it, uh, its opacity went up as it went, went down. And it looked really yeah. good and it worked perfectly. And so the whole – everything was red outside and basically – the more exposure you had to the media, the more you turn into a zombie. But the people that look directly at the media, meteorite, they turn to dust, <laughs> red dust. Yeah. So the whole yeah. world was basically wiped out overnight. And anyone that was yeah. in a steel box, so something like a shed or... A projection room of a cinema. A projection room of a cinema or stuff like that, they were, they were okay, but... They were still all slightly being exposed to it. So the people who just were out there and didn't look at it, they turned into zombies and were rotting away. Yeah. So you've yeah. got Amiga Man vibe, then you've also got the zombie vibe, and then you've got the government that comes in to try and save everyone. But, of course, they're the evil scientists that are, from what I could tell, they're injecting the blood of normal people into themselves to, pro- yeah. to sustain their own so- life. Yeah, so what had happened, like, the geniuses that they are, they <laughs> were surrounded by steel, but because um, one of the scientists, she was explaining that they were surrounded by steel, but what they didn't consider were the, there was ventilation. Yeah, the air ducts. <laughs> yeah, so they, they had been very, very slowly um, subjected to the comet passing, so they were all very, very slowly becoming these mutants. But not everyone so they- was affected. No, like, like so Reg, looking... Reg wasn't. Yeah, no, she wasn't. She was because she had no exposure to it at all. Oh, okay. So it didn't matter. Yeah. So the scientists were finding the survivors so that they could siphon the blood to either prolong their life or cure them completely. Yeah, um, they were the dumbest. They were supposed to be the smartest people in the world, and they were like the dumbest people in the entire world. Like, <laughs> their plans were so dumb that it almost like, was just such a face palm. Like, but as I just said, oh my god, uh, yeah. the shopping scene was wicked. I really enjoyed that. Uh, where they, just, yeah. they're like, what are we gonna do? Like, I, you, when she's like, you want to go shopping? I, like, I don't think my credit card works. And then it's like, we don't need a credit card. And then there's just like eighties montage of them shopping and dressing up. Yeah. And I was like, this is wicked. <laughs> like, I like the bit. She's like, oh, which one do you think is better? She's like, that one. Or why that one? Because it's going to stay in fashion longer. Like, well, the world's ended. There is no fashion anymore. But okay. Yeah. Um, I loved the soundtrack as well. Like, I honestly would love to have that in my collection, but I don't think it's available. Yeah, it, it was down. really, really, really good, the soundtrack, actually, like chronically good. I was like, oh, yeah. nice, nice, nice. See, I liked all of Sam's lines, like the young cheerleader. I thought her lines were really funny how she delivered them, and when stuff happened, she's just like, ah, 
like just really matter of fact, like just you know, there's well, like- uh, some of her lines were uh ad libbed as well. So the bit where they're shooting the guns and she's like, This wouldn't have happened if this was an Uzi. Anyway, um, it was an Uzi. Yeah, like <laughs> it was an entirely improvised line. So but that, know, that, that, that kind of worked for me. But but they were those guns were Uzis that they were firing. That's yeah. what I thought was funny. Because I'm like, it was an Uzi. <laughs> like, no one is the, you um, know. But I, I like the idea that their their dad who's, like, left was, like, an army, you know, he was on the base and he was an army base dude who wished he'd had boys and he taught them all, like, hand-to-hand combat and guns and everything. So that, that was the excuse where they could fight. And, and I was like, yeah, this is wicked. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. Like, that works very well for me. Um, I, I, I found that there weren't as many mutants in this film there was nothing like, there was really not a lot yeah there was no gore for a start no uh, it was no. A, it was borderlining on a horror film i was like half watched it i went oh is this just a science fiction but it's labeled as a horror there are i mean there are zombies or whatever kind of thing and that's why i suppose it was enough to tip it over into the gore i'd say it's like an action uh, a sci-fi horror kind of vibe um yeah it yeah. looked it looked nice it had really great uh, vibes. I like the Omega Man vibe of it. Like they emptied out a lot of streets for that film. Like they did, and a lot of it was animated as well. Like um, uh, some of the scenes with the like the school or some of the cityscape uh, wasn't just completely um, cleared out, but it was animated. Someone had come through. It was very sort of comic book like. I think though I was watching something and they were talking about how some of it was absolutely animated which I think was a really cool effect because it kind of reminded me at one point, I'm like, that looks like the the Batman animated Oh, movie. you're right. Uh, the uh, the Paul yeah. Dini one. Is that his name? Doesn't yes, matter. Paul Dini. Um, you got some notes here I can see? Yes. Um, first, we can recognize this as a Christmas film because it was shot 11 days before Christmas. The whole time they're like, don't forget to do your Christmas shopping. Yeah, I was like, is this going to be like my new Gremlins? Like when it was coming yeah. up and they were like, there was all, uh, like, reefs on the doors and Christmas trees everywhere. I was like, ooh, 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 Christmas movie, Christmas movie. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. I, I like a good um, – I love trying to find a new Christmas movie every year. Oh, yeah. Mm. I, I hate Christmas. It's fine. Um, so Mary Warrenov uh, is in it. She plays one of the scientists. She was the mum from Terrorvision. Yeah. All, our, our Terrorvision actors get around, don't they? They really do. Um, she also starred in Chopping Mall with uh, Kelly Montgomery, who played Samantha. So that was really cool. We actually had one of our one of our listeners as they came into my shop the other day, and he was talking about Chopping Mall, going on about that, Mister Mister Chater. I love Chopping Mall, Mister Eric Chater. Call, sh- shout out. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, Chopping Mall, not my favorite, but you yeah. like it. I do. It was just. I think it was just a lot of fun to watch. I think it had a really good soundtrack. There wasn't well. enough chopping in it. It was lasers. No, it was all lasers. There was no chopping. I know. Well, used to be one of the other working titles for the film was actually Killbots. So, oh man, that would be you know. awesome. <laughs> the Killbots. Um, so the, <laughs> I would have watched that too. Uh, so the original working title for this film was Teenage Mutant Comet Zombies. Oh god, should have been Cheerleaders. Teenage Mutant Comet Cheerleaders. That would have been even better. Yeah, yeah. that would have been good. Um, Night um, of the Comet's pretty good though. Like, and once again, yeah. this was just another one of those like deep dives that I did. Like, just found this film on a list. You know, someone I think I mentioned it in one of the. Oh no, this was mentioned in that big documentary we watched, the In Search of Darkness. They mentioned this, yes. and I was like, I've never heard of this. Yeah. I need to watch this one, and it's worth it. Yeah, 
Exactly. Um, also, Joss Whedon has cited this film as one of the major influences for the Buffy the Vampire Slayer script, uh, and that would be for the movie, not the TV series. Yeah, now that you mention it, like yeah. they fully talk like that bu- original Buffy film, like that real matter-of-fact, you know, um, yeah. lateral just like lines of this like, you know, when, when something happens, people just don't go, oh, my God, and scream. They just go like, ew. Or something like yeah. that. Like, there was heaps of ooze and that kind of stuff in this film. That's what yeah, really was. And the dog was also called Buffy. There was a scene where Samantha comes downstairs and picks yeah. up the leash and sort of looks around. And she's like, Buffy, stupid dog. Okay. Yeah, I, I noticed that as well and I thought that was weird, but that, that makes 100% yeah. sense. So you got the name of Buffy from the dog out of this movie. I'd say so, Damn, yeah. What, what a, a huge franchise based on that bloody dog. <laughs> Someone <laughs> needs more money. Um, yeah, so that's, I, I really enjoyed this film. I definitely can see myself rewatching it again. Yeah. And I think it's, it's now become one of those sort of staples in the collection where it's like, just looking, someone hasn't watched something, they're over, like, yeah, ch- let's just chuck this on. It's going to be great. Yeah, because it's like, it's got good acting, it's got good music, and the visuals look good. Like, you can't ask for more. It's, it's like, it feels like you're watching a big film clip. Which like an yeah. a, an eighties film clip as well. There's there's so much big hair. It's it's wicked big hair as well. It looks great. It's not just like teased up. It's actual big hair. Like yeah, it's it's real eighties hair. Real eighties. Nice. The actual girl who's the cheerleader girl in it, uh, Sam. She's in that mm. documentary in Search of Darkness. She's one of the ladies that they talk to. Yeah, she talks oh. about that how the the top. That she wore the the cheerleader outfit is not real. It is made for her like actual measurements, and that no oh. cheerleaders tops could actually are like that. Because what was it, I the really rebels or something like that? It was on there, like you know, to make it look. Yeah, something along those lines. I yeah. don't remember that bit. That was in there in the documentary. It was a very long documentary. It though. was four hours. Yeah, you might have, was, you might have blinked yeah. or something really long. I blink. watched I watched it in one sitting as well. So oof, yeah. I watched it in like four. Yeah, <laughs> that's way to do it. Yeah, I really, definitely. But yeah, I I definitely enjoyed this. Um, I kind of found that the ending was a little bit frustrating. Did you find that as well? I can't really remember what happened at the end. All I remember is they just kind of just there was like explosions. You know, they they got out of the compound. That's the end. Was that just yeah. what happened basically? Well, there's this there's a scene at the the end where because they were they saved these two children. And they basically like adopt them and they become like these parents to them. There's a scene where they're trying to cross the road and Samantha's on the other side, be like, what the fuck are you doing? We (laughs) obey the rules. The burden of society lies on us. And she won't let them cross the road. And it's absolutely like, what the hell? It's absolutely ridiculous. And then like this car comes speeding around the corner and Nelly hits Sam. Nelly hits Sam and she kind of like goes a bit goo goo for this guy. Jumps in the car and bails. (laughs) Yeah, jumps in the car with him and bails. But the number plate reads DMK. And at the very, very beginning of the film, Reg is playing an arcade game and she's got, like, the full score. Oh, was that High score and everything. And it's, like, number six was DMK and she was really pissed off about it. And I kind of thought to myself for most of the film, like, what has this, what relevance has this got? And it wasn't until the very last, like, 30 seconds of the film that they show it. Maybe this is more of an Easter egg than a, a plot line, though. Maybe. That don't game, think that game she's playing is rubbish. I know that game. I don't even know what it was. One of those spinning ones where you spin the wheel around and press buttons. Like, oh, you'd have to oh. see it to believe it. 
Anyhow, let's go on to it. So, so you liked it. I liked it. Yeah. it. It's definitely worth a watch, like within itself. Definitely. Like if you, it's. I mean, for full horror fans, like don't go into it expecting you're gonna see like you know zombies with heads ripped off and gore. The zombies just look like there's no blood in the whole film. It's yeah. just, it's just like a an eighties romp of fun and and <laughs> and hair and shopping and cityscapes yeah. basically. Anyhow, second it, film. It was good. Second film, which was which? Well, that was our film. That was our. Uh, so that was the one we said we were going to watch, and these yeah. are our two now added ones. So, second one we watched was Demons from nineteen eighty five, which we only watched at this because remember last week you watched Night of the Demons, was it? Is that what it's called? That's right. Which, yes, and, and I got I got them confused. Confusing. Yeah. Yeah. So I got them confused and finally found a copy of the original Demons from nineteen eighty five, which was directed by Lamberto Barva. He did the screenplay, yep. but it was also – no, he did the director, but the screenplay was by Dario Argento, which we yeah, all, all so know stuff this, like Suspiria and crap like that. Yeah, this one was very strange because there were so many – I feel that this one was – there was a lot of fingers in this pie, a lot of chefs in this kitchen because um, Lamberto Bava and Franco Ferrini and Dario Gento and then someone else, they were all involved in the script process, yeah. basically coming back to each other going, oh, what about this? Now I don't like it. Throw it out. Let's do this. Um, and then Dario Gento also produced it. So there was a lot of people that had the hand in this film. I thought, I, I, no, I don't think you liked this film, but I really liked it. To me, this was like a weird callback to Evil Dead. It might have been done. Mm. Yeah, because it was done a couple of years after Evil Dead. So it had yeah. the demon. Oh, let's read the tagline first. Let's do that. Yes. They will make cemetery, cemeteries. Oh, my God. Their cathedrals. <laughs> they will make cemeteries their cathedrals and the cities will be your tomb. Um, that's a terrible tagline. But okay. A group of people are trapped in a West Berlin movie theater infested with ravenous demons who proceed to kill and possess the humans one by one, thereby multiplying their numbers. Textbook just what Evil Dead is, basically. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, so first up, yeah, it was set in like Berlin. Um, I was like, oh my God, have I downloaded a foreign film? Not that there's anything wrong with foreign films, but I was like, ready. And then it didn't, there was no talking in the film for like 10 minutes, did you notice? Like I was just yeah. waiting, like, oh my god, is it a foreign film? Is it a foreign film? And for so long, ten, like ten minutes doesn't sound that much, but ten minutes into a film with no dialogue, when you're trying to work out whether it's um, is in English, is a long time. Which was fine. It was, and it was in English. Very, very clear, crisp, overdubbed English. Did you notice that? Yeah. So a lot of the the Italian films were dubbed back then as well, because. But- but it was, but it was, it was made in English. Like they were saying English, but it was also yeah. dubbed over. So is that just their vibe in Italy, Italian? Yeah. <laughs> well, because a lot of the time, like they were. So even if you're speaking English, like there are accents which people sometimes people don't understand accents. So that's so that's what happened with a lot of the Italian films. They were most of them were done in English, but then redubbed anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, so I. Um, straight away, the opening music was awesome. Did you notice the music in mm-hmm. this was awesome? It was all like this weird hair yeah. metal. Well, so Goblin did the soundtrack. Oh, um, I didn't, know. So See, I didn't the, even look it up. <laughs> all, the, all the music that was composed was Goblin. And then, oh, fuck, this soundtrack was great next to that as well. So all of those hair metal bands and very 80s kind of stuff. I Oh, my God. Soundtracks. This is, I love it. So good. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah. It was amazing. We'll get back into the music in a sec. But 
So the premise of this film is a whole bunch of people get locked in a cinema. Why do they go to the cinema, I ask you? It's because the demons give out free tickets <laughs> to get people to go to the cinema. And then they show a film, which I assume the demons had made, which was basically a film of another demon attack, basically. Yeah. Like, but it was an acted film. So they made, yes. they went to the trouble, these demons, of making a film of what was going to basically happen to these people, but they did it in an actual film way with actors. Like it, yes. it didn't make any sense. But I was it like, didn't, but I loved it. So did I. I was like, yep, you're in a cinema. It's wicked. Why is there a motorbike in the foyer? I guess that will come into it later. And my word, did it. <laughs> <laughs> so the first, uh, the first person that gets turned into a demon is someone who puts a mask on. There's a mask in the foyer, which is in the film. So someone in the film puts it on, they get scratched, they turn into a demon. Same thing happens in real life. It happens to this uh, mm-hmm. this girl. She runs to the bathroom because it starts to hurt, and my word, does this film escalate quite quickly? Did you find that? <laughs> oh, oh, my God. Yes. Oh, it was so good. I loved it. Basically, she's looking at this scratch on her face, and a big, giant pimple pushes its way out, like the size of a golf ball, explodes yep. in green pus on her face, and I was like, oh, my God. Amazing! Oh my lord! <laughs> like, and then I yes. just had my favorite thing ever, like which, which I've always loved from Evil Dead, is this goo, green <laughs> goo pouring out of people's mouths. Like, uh, their makeup was awesome. They had red contacts in, which looked cool. Mm. Like, all their veins were really like uh, the makeup of uh, all the veins in their face was gross. They looked yeah. gross. Like you, they looked like the kind of thing you don't want to turn into. Like they were yeah, pussy. They were w- weeping wounds all over them. And then it had that bit as well when the lady's transforming and because they've got big teeth and it shows her teeth coming out and it, her teeth oh. didn't just grow. Teeth came from yeah. underneath and pushed her normal teeth out. Like they got into all yeah. this trouble for this full-on detailed gore and that's where I just went like, you know what, hair metal music, gore, and this level of gore, deep deep gore, but not gore as in like sickening gore like uh, Possessor. It was still fun, you know what I mean? Like it was ridiculous. Like Yeah, I... For me, I don't like stuff happening with teeth and I don't like stuff happening with nails and they did both of those things, but they did them so well that I was just sat there like, oh, I don't want to look. Yeah, because the nail. they've done a fucking good job. It's just like splitting in two. (laughs) Yeah, the big, um, the nails that came out because they had clawy hands, it pushed their other fingernails out first and shit like that. And I was like, yes. Like, no, you never see that. They're just usually transformations. You know what I mean? Like. But this was like yeah. the demon pushing the, the itself out into the person. It was right. Yeah, so I it was like, like the person. It was a demon in the person as well. So it was that one girl that was like bent over, and it's just sort of like came like crashing out of her out backbone. Of her back. <laughs> yeah, like oh man, that's why my back must hurt. Fuck yeah, yeah. demons. Uh, also, a nice oh. touch to have a blind man that goes to the cinema to watch a film. <laughs> Did, now, so he went with his darling Liz. Was his darling Liz his daughter or his wife? It was his wife because she was cheating on him. Yeah, I thought she was a bit slutty. I'm like, you shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, I know. And cheating yeah. on him with a really ugly man as well. It's like another extra. Right. Um, yeah. So then it cuts to, so these demons start attacking people. They're barricading themselves in. It's quite, you know, it makes sense. Like, you know, all the continuity is working within, it's all within the cinema. Uh, which is great. So, you know, you got an upper level, down a bottom level, you got you got air ducts, you got behind the screen. So it all makes sense, which I really appreciate. It wasn't just like random rooms everywhere. Um, mm. And then it cuts to a bunch of punks. 
five punks in a car cruising along, snorting yeah. cocaine out of a Coke can, listening to yes. White Wedding, <laughs> like yeah. the, the song. Is that Billy Idol? Yes. Which can is... you get any more 80s than that? The no. answer is probably not. Oh, man. Billy Idol is Australian, isn't he? Is he? I don't know. He's British. Oh, British. All right. Uh, anyway, this scene was amazing. Um, apparently, the the scene because uh, they spill their cocaine on the um, mm. the, uh, they, they they knock it over and they're trying to get it back. It you know back. So they sc- scrape it into an envelope with a, a razor blade. Apparently, that was the uh, the the scene that caused the most controversy and led really? uh, the the scene being the most censored all over the world was that scene out of this film, considering Very- how. Gory it was. <laughs> it's so weird that yeah. that's the thing that they decided to to censor out. Also, another little tidbit is the the the, uh, the cinema they're in called the Metropole is actually in the very first Silent Hill game in the town that the cinema is called the Metropole. It's that cinema as a homage. I'm like, that's cool. Interesting. I, it made it all they, it's a Japanese culture. That means that's awesome. But they also use that cinema now for a lot of horror conventions. So. That's pretty cool as well. Yeah. Because if you're in Germany and you're going to a convention, you're in the place where demons were shot. That's sick. Well, this film, like, I wanted to watch it because I remembered the cover. And I, when you showed mm-hmm. that your, you know, your Night of the Demons, like, that's not the thing I remember. And the cover to this, have you, did I send you the cover of how crazy it is? Like the, yeah, yeah. The green, I, rem- the, I remember the cover. The Australian cover, which was green and it had the picture of one of the demons in it. Um, yeah. Such a vivid like, you know, green and reds all over it, like gore and slop and slime. It was such a striking cover. Um, and, yeah, I, I never got to see it. And I, it pretty much, like, when I watched this, this is pretty much exactly what I thought it would be. Like, I wished it would be. It was, just, you know, real mm. good gore. And the gore just kept coming. And it wasn't, when the demons got you, they didn't, like, you know, attack you or grab you and throw you around. They basically just grabbed you. And whenever they grabbed, they attacked so, like, the, yeah. the scene where he just grabs around the neck and just puts the fingers into the neck of the guy and, yeah. like, all this, like, really full-on quick gore moments of, like, really crazy, crazy stuff. Um, anyhow, for some reason, the punks get into the cinema. <laughs> yep. Um, this film is one of the films that has the best overacting. <laughs> oh, my God. Every line, every line was delivered with such gusto and such <laughs> was... and such meaning, and uh, and it was just so good. <laughs> like, like I gotta say, this film had a lot of really key moment, like just solid one-liners. Yeah, it's like when they're sort of first walk into the cinema and they're all sitting down, and it's just like it's not even focused on anyone in particular, but someone goes, "Oh, did you bring the popcorn?" And the response is, "Shut up, you bitch." <laughs> Oh yeah, because it has that um, it has that like pimp dude. So there's all the, there's that, the 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 bald like uh, big uh, m- mustache handlebar mustache pimp guy who's just yep. got these two ladies. This is like just just throwing up pimp lines everywhere. <laughs> like yes, very much so. And then there's the after they um they've like shoved the first demon into the room and barricaded it. The guy just turns around and he's just like not even oh there's got to be he's like, there has to be an explanation. <laughs> there has to be an explanation. Yeah, that was calm down. I know it was amazing. Calm down. But then you get the best scene of all is the guy, one of the main men, jumps yep. on the motorbike, which is in the foyer, yep. which is like a dirt bike. Uh huh. Grabs a samurai sword and proceeds yes, to does. ride around the cinema to 
blazing hair metal music with it just chopping demons up like and this goes for ages and it's amazing and he's like just riding over the seats like it doesn't yes. make any sense yeah <laughs> like if you had tried to ride over that you are going ass over tip mate you that bike is not making it like that like it's imagine then- imagine like you're just in a cinema right you're down at the screen yes. facing the seats and he just rides a motorbike straight into the seats and up <laughs> Like, as in, like, not in the aisle, up the seats and then down the seats. Like, what are you doing, mate? Across, across the seats. And he's, like, um, his, his shirt's all ripped and he's, like, a buff dude. So he kind of looks like Ash from Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. So yep. he's got this, like, hero you know, statue with a samurai sword and a motorbike and his chick's on the back and they're just cruising yep. around the cinema just chopping up the hair metal. It's so good. It's and then just she just sort of like you know she's held on tight but then oh I fell off for no real reason and he goes around the corner and was just like oh I also fell off yeah, what but, do we do now yeah I can ride over a cinema seats but when there's a flat but land in front of me I'm fucked <laughs> I can't turn a simple corner it's true it's true and then for some reason out of the blue the roof of the cinema breaks and a helicopter falls in. <laughs> And I was like, okay. and I was like, sure, why not? A helicopter just fell into into the cinema, and that gives them an excuse to get into it and turn the helicopter blades on and chop up people's faces, which I'm like, I'm 100 percent fine with that. Exactly. Of course, it. Yep. That just it makes total sense to the plot. Of course, it does. I mean, uh, um, the only reason I could think is that there'll be a, a, a helicopter pad on on the roof, and so much you know crazy destruction has happened with the zombies. I mean, the demons yeah. is it? The demons, it, yeah. it doesn't matter. It's fine. Sure. It looked yeah, really good. Let's not ask questions. Yeah. I, I feel it was a real helicopter that is dropped through the roof as well, like an old one. So yeah, good. possibly, yeah. Well, because I, I uh, like I say, like I kind of zoned out this this film. Um, I think I kind of like had a two second nap because when the helicopter dropped through the the roof, I was. Did I miss something? Yeah, 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 have you I, did. Have it. I fallen asleep? Have I missed a bunch of shit? What what is going on? I'm not rewinding this. Let's just go with it. And I'm, you know, I'm glad to hear that I didn't fall asleep and that I sure just a helicopter. Yeah. Um if you got a, the, this uh little thing about that cuz uh, yeah, I noticed in this film and I've actually got it on the uh, the cover is like their eyes are glowing. Like, that and they, was really cool. Yeah, they did this a couple of times in the film where, like, it looked like, you know, when you shine a torch on a cat and their eyes reflect mm-hmm. back at you, the, the demons did that. And and I can see you've got yeah. a tidbit about it that they, what is it? The demons' eyes got in the film, um, came to them on set. Oh, yeah? Can you read that? <laughs> um, so. You're reading the, it. When they were, yes. <laughs> So it involved the actors wearing reflective paper, which caused the effect. So whenever they would be running, they sort of had, they were kind of basically just running blind with this reflective paper so that they could um, just sort of shine a light and get that that vibe to it. Yeah, it looked really good because it was usually yeah. done when they were silhouetted. They were lit behind them and running towards people, but their eyes were all lit up and like, but in a way that didn't look like they were just putting it in post. It was actually like reflections coming off their eyes. And I thought that looked really cool. There was heaps of like really... A lot of effort put into what these demons looked like, and I thought that was really, really, really cool. Um, yeah, which I think is because uh, Lamberto Bava has stated that this is his favourite film that he's done, which is really cool. And for a film that was shot in a nine-week period, you can really see the dedication that they had going into it. 
they really liked what they were doing. I think they believed in what they were doing and they probably had a lot of fun doing it too. Well, he's done a whole bunch of like, he's a, he's primarily a horror dude. The, um, yeah. Uh, Lamberto. He did like Demons 2, which I really want to watch now. Like if he did the second one, um, I find it really hard to track down. He did one called Monster Shark, which looks like it's up your alley. I know. Yeah, I kind of want to track that down. And its, ta- um, its tagline is sink your teeth into pure terror. <laughs> yes, I will. I will. Um, you can't stop did- me. <laughs> he did Macabre. He did uh, The Ogre. Uh, I think he did something else. Did he do something cannibal-wise? I don't think he did. There was hey, I, something else that he had done. Um, Blast Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whole bunch of ones that are in like uh, Italian, like that I don't know what they're called, yeah. kind of things. Lots of like you know, ones like a Blade d- in d- the Dark, Disturbious in El, El Cementerio, <laughs> and then that dinner with a vampire. Is that what that means? No, he did another film called Dinner with a Vampire. Cool. So he's like, yeah, yeah he, he's um he's got deep he stuff. deep roots deep roots into horror. Yeah. But um I'm really Definitely. looking forward to Demons Two. If um Demons Two had another one of those great covers with the a photo cover with one of the demons that's kind of like going at you, a lady mm. demon. Um, yeah, I, I I suggest anyone who hasn't seen this film go watch it. It is like it's got uh crisp, crisp, really good horror effects. It has overacting. It has a good location. Uh, it makes sense, and then it has a blazing, uh, you know, post-apocalyptic ending. <laughs> like, mm. They just get out the cinema finally, and the whole world has ended while they're in the cinema. Yeah. It's amazing. Because the demons somehow got out, and well, they were never, they were never, they were never shut in there. But they were the ones that put the cinema, the the picture on. Yeah, that, well, that's true because. Yeah, there is know. no I reason mean, that it, it, it's probably best not to ask questions. Yeah, there's no reason. Like, if the demons could have just done that at any time, why did they do it in the cinema? And then why did they take over the world whilst that was happening in the cinema? It doesn't quite. Yeah, know, you know, it's, it's yeah. but it's fine. It's fine. Yeah, it's totally fine. But it does have a post-apocalyptic um, ending with like rocket launches and speeding away, and then, and then, yeah, yeah, I liked the ending. I thought it was. Uh, I wasn't expecting it, and I'm kind of glad it happened. You said that you wanted it to be a comedy, but I'm pretty sure it was a comedy, hey? <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, I I don't know if it was a comedy or if I just thought it was amusing because oh, I... Oh, yeah. It wasn't supposed I to be I don't know. Yeah, it's kind of like, was it like Evil Dead 2 where it was just, it was flat-out comedy or was it just conveniently amusing? Well, Evil Dead 1 isn't a comedy, but it's still got no. those funny elements in it. Like Sam Raimi is yeah. just a funny, weird dude. And I think this dude just puts yeah. those kind of same elements into it. I mean, it's a heavy R. It's a heavy R rating, eh? Like, it's, yeah, it's actually definitely. worth being an R rating now. Like, if this film came out now, it would still be R rated. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Which is definitely. great, which is a hard thing to do. Like, because, you know, we, we're, we're so desensitized now. We've romanticized violence to up the wazoo. So, like, it's true. But, yeah, this would still get an R, I reckon, if it came out today. So give it a watch. Yeah, definitely. And fun fact, the Demon's logo that is used was actually used for the biker gang's insignia in Nightmare Beach. Oh, really? Yes. So the biker gang in Nightmare Beach, they were called the Demons, and the logo that they have is exactly the same. They just stole the branding. (laughs) Pretty much, yeah. 
All well, right. I think all those directors are all friends, so it's fine. Yeah, totally they don't fine. care. It, there's always yeah. homages and handshakes to like you know those, that kind of shit in horror movies. Oh, but, definitely. I mean, lots of them have like whenever there's a bedroom scene with a kid, he always has posters to other horror movies up, like, which clearly yeah. are just you know the director's favorite films and crap like that. So, <laughs> our third film for this yes. week was Slither from 2006. Yes. James Gunn. We know James oh, yeah. Gunn from small films like Guardians of the Galaxy and Guardians yeah. of the Galaxy 2. <laughs> also, he did Lollipop Chainsaw, the best the Xbox video game. game ever. Yes. Is it just Xbox, that game? Uh, I played it on Xbox, so as far as I'm concerned, it doesn't exist on any other console. Fair enough. I understand. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, James Gunn is a gun. Uh, he also did he Super. Do you remember? Did you ever watch Super with Ellen Page? Yes, that movie was really good. Yeah, so he did that as well. Um, apparently he did Suicide Squad. I didn't know that. He's he's doing the new Suicide Squad, yeah. Oh, he did Movie 43. Yes. That weird skit film with heaps of good actors with that meant nothing. Didn't yeah, which wasn't fantastic. No, um, no, it was, it was like, it was a good experiment, but I feel he's, it would have been a better film if his scenes had actually made some sense. Anyhow. Back to our yeah. film, Slither. Yeah. Slither. Yes. Slither, right. um, 2006. So, straight up, Nathan Fillion's up. in it. <laughs> uh, Nathan Fillion, you may know him as Captain Mao from uh, Firefly. Uh, yep. And uh, Captain Hammer from Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he's in Castle and the Rookie. He's in Castle as Castle. Yes. He's in a bunch of stuff. Anyway, now he's, a vo- he's a voice actor in Halo. He's always like one of the soldiers um, in he all the Halo. He is Nerd Lady's kind of wet dream, apparently. He's what? He's like Nerd Lady's wet dream. I feel he's like a housewife wet dream, nerd housewife wet dream, because to me he's like he's, he's got a bit of a uh, – his neck is always a bit too fat for me. Well – He's carrying the weight of the world on those shoulders. So it is true. Just, it is. Uh, you know, yeah. So he's in it. Um, also, yes. uh, Michael Rooker's in it. And, yes. Uh, Michael Rooker, as we know, is he's like yeah, the the guy from Mallrats who owns the TV show. He gets the chocolate covered pretzel from uh, from from, <laughs> Bro- from Brody or Jason Lee. Forever uh, and always, that's how he shall be known. Yeah, but, but like, I think most people remember him as the blue guy from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, Star yeah. Lord's like kind of a fake dad. What was yeah. his name in that? I can't remember. Really annoying. Um, me. I'll find out. Hang on. I'm good. All right. Yeah. So he's in it. They're in it. It's the, so this film is basically a, a remake, kind of of Night of the Creeps. Did you get that? Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of blob vibes. There's a lot of Night of the Creep vibes. Basically, I mean, it comes um, down on an 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 a media, same yeah. as Night of the Creeps. It creates slugs, same as Night of the Creeps. That go into you and then burst out, same as Night of the Creeps. While they're in you, actually, while they're in you, it was weird. Um, yeah. Do you want to read the uh, synopsis for this one? Yes. Horror has a new face. A small town is taken over by an alien plague, turning residents into zombies and all forms of mutant monsters. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like, Michael Rooker's character is infected, so he then in turn is is starting to mutate into this um, 
Mutant. alien being thing. And he then in turn, he doesn't infect, he impregnates, um, which then there are slugs, which then plan to infect the rest of the town. And Yeah. So, starting, so then, they yeah. start. So what they've got is Michael Rooker. Number one, he's a gross man from the start. He, he like is. he's never the kind of guy that I can imagine any woman would want to sleep with only if she had like a weird, bald, gross man kind of fetish. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, and she's yeah. like, his, his, his wife in the film is like Avery from 30 Rock, and I can't remember her actor's name. It's Elizabeth Banks. Yeah. yeah Elizabeth Banks. She's, and she's beautiful. She is. And she she's is. always in funny, cool things, and she's a great, great actress. She does really fun stuff. Well, a lot, a lot of fun stuff, not everything. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, he starts to mutate. And uh, you can just tell that uh, James Garner has just gone, I just want to make a really gross film. Like, you know, there's <laughs> lots of, like, gross stuff, like purposely gross you know, bleh, scenes. With, yeah. Like, he, 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 like, if there was a scene happening, he would prefer to make it gross than gory. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. There's a lot of, a uh, lot of goo, a lot of slime. Goo, goo, gross, a lot of body melt crap and stuff like that. But the thing that lets I this film it. down is there's a lot of CG in it as well. And man, is it dated. It's true. Well, I mean, it came out in 2006. So it was peak, let's put CG in for everything. And I think, it did not help the film. No, and you look at there's a lot of like, practical effects in this film. There's a yes. lot of you know a, a lot of latex, a lot of rubber, a lot of slime, and all stuff. And all those bits look great. Yeah. Uh, um. And yeah, yeah, and and it, yeah. It, it, so the bit like what a classic, classic example is you know when his arm stretches. Yeah. So his arm kind of just stretches and it's big and long and look and Nathan Fillion bursts in because Nathan Fillion is a local cop. Um, yes. And he bursts in and he like turns around. He's all like, ah, and he runs out the room and this big rubber arm is just flopping everywhere and just hitting <laughs> shit off, you know, tables and stuff. And it's supposed to look funny and it does. Yeah. And just that looks perfect. I'm like, that's why you use practical effects because that was hilarious. And then they just called him like Squid Man from then on. Cause he's like, oh, see, that was, so a fun fact about that scene was he had actually, Michael Rick had actually dislocated his shoulder in an earlier take doing it and didn't want to tell anyone because they were on such a time constraint. So he, him running out there kind of bent slightly down so that his shoulders, drink, his fucking shoulder was detached. <laughs> I found it even more grosser because <laughs> it did look but, funny. Like, it really did. But I also liked afterwards that any time they were trying to just figure out where it was, they were using little squid stickers. Yes, yes, yes. So, yeah, when they had a map of all the attacks, yeah, they had little squids. Yeah. <laughs> like, and they were forming like a kid's book sticker of a squid. Was, yeah, and yep. like, all the practical effects are amazing. When he impregnates the girl and she goes massive, I actually I balked out loud when they showed that because I was not expecting it. <laughs> like, so I hadn't watched this film in a while and I did not remember that and I'm like, oh, it's me after Taco Night. Yeah, so that this girl Glorious. gets full of eggs and the, she's like as big as a as like, you know, a double garage shed. She's just a yep. gigantic round girl with a, it's just a round ball of flesh with her face on the front. There's like yeah. she still talk. And um, like, I wanna see me like this. Yeah. <laughs> Don't look at me. Hand me that possum over there. I'm hungry. Yeah, because it eats, eats. And, yeah, they did all that as well. So there's not only is the gross effect, but there's the gross idea that the, the when you turn into these things, you are ravenously hungry for just raw 
kind of raw rotting meat and so they keep yeah. meat raw rotting meat everywhere and eat it and stuff so that was just in there's flies and stink and like you know it's just yeah. add to all the grossness which i kind of appreciated that he wanted to make a gross film you don't see many gross yeah. films you know what i mean no, no. i the- think this this film was so much fun yeah it was- and because it was gross oh yeah it was it was it was funny like Nathan Fillion plays that kind of, you know, really dry humor that he he's basically Captain Mao. He doesn't have any other humor. Uh, you know, that's yeah. that's the way he acts. So sarcastic comments, like, you know, stating the obvious or paying people out for stating the obvious and stuff like that. Um and then yeah, so the big girl explodes and a, you know, worms come out all over uh, out everywhere. And then uh, it it just went from there. It just went crazy. Turns into this yeah. kind of half zombie apocalypse, half worm film. You know, half trying to save the world. What's going on? Lots of like, people, all the zombie people start merging together into into the main into bloody Michael Rooker's gross big person, and he kind yeah. of still loves his wife. But they've all got a hive mind, so everyone loves his wife, which I thought was kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> it was good, and it just it sort of he knew where she was at all times, which he had stated very early on the in the film before he was infected that he loved his wife so much and was so paranoid that he had such this, such a young and beautiful wife that he was always afraid that she was going to like leave him. Yeah. And she- so that paranoia, because the concept of him being infected, he died, he wasn't alive, but these were like the residual sort of memories that were left in his brain when he was infected. That's why he becomes like this crazy paranoid, my wife, you can't leave me kind of guy. Yeah, he was, just, he was kind of just operating on his own instinct kind of thing. Yeah. Which was cool. I, I enjoyed that and I thought that was really funny. And um, and I like that that whole thing of, uh, which they've done before, it's like the monster, you know, that comes to a world, destroys the entire world, takes on its form, and then, you know, it was basically the thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it comes, it assimilates everyone, then moves on. I don't know how it kind of makes uh, gets on a media <laughs> or how it gets to the next uh, planet, but it's fine. But, yeah, the gross levels at the end. And then they went ham at the end with the practical effects with the giant, like. The shunting. Oh, it was a shunting just like in society. <laughs> it had people, big, big naked people all just merged together. like. And I reckon that was that was definitely a shunting homage. I can't yeah. see how it wouldn't have been yeah. from like from society. The film society Definitely. we are referencing right now, and within society yeah. they have a a, a a what is it? It's a night. It's a, a not an ability. It's kind of a, a night where they all shunt. It's called the shunting, where yeah. they all body melt together and have sex, and that, that kind of happened at the end of this as well. Um, yeah, a lot of sex jokes, a lot of grossness, a lot of eggs and semen, and <laughs> yeah, it's. There's this one line that he has uh, that Nathan Fillion has when they're at the school and he's talking to the uh, female police officer and she says something. She's like, why is he with, why is she with him? And he says something about her, something to do with Gina. And the kid's like, what's a Gina? Because he's clearly calling the other cop a lesbian. The kid's like, well, what's a Gina? He's like, uh, it's it's people from another company country. They're Chinese. Like, Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it had like that 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 like dry humor, which I liked. I like dry humor. I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So overall, I mean, I mean, you you can't even really 
put this in a category apart from Night of the Creeps and this is this film really stands by itself, don't you think? And you think I mean it's got Blob, the Blob kind it, of like what what yeah, it's like it's like it a mi- mix mash. Faculty vibes to it. The faculty, the yeah, yeah. Faculty? I watched that yeah. recently as so well. That's a great film. That were, they were bug. They, were they slugs? They were aliens, but yeah, they were still sort of little slugs that infected the host and turned them into sort of zombie-ish kind of people. Not oh. to that extent, but yeah. Do we have taking... these? It's on our horror genre sheet. Is there something like this on there? Comedy horror, French horror, found footage. It would probably, I'd say, go under more of a body. So it's definitely body horror. Or monster. His his transformation is just 100% body horror, which is fantastic. I loved his transformation the whole time. The fact that he's just like, oh, it's a bee sting. Oh, yeah. it's just a bug bite. <laughs> yeah, Nothing I just got bitten like, by a bee. It's <laughs> <It's> huge. Like all those lines I thought were really funny and like, ah. Oh. And you got good actors in it. You got well, it's it's the James Gunn kind of. It's kind of like Rob Zombie, where he's got his his core group of people that he always goes back to. James Gunn has his core group of people that he also goes back to. Yeah, you know, and they're all sort of strong fan favorites, which then in turn will definitely help the film because you know, I, I like Liz wasn't overly keen on watching it. I'm like, well, Nathan Fillion's in it. She's like, I'm in. Did she okay. like it? She loved it. She thought it was great. It is funny. Like it has, yeah. it has uh, and it has that bit where the girl, uh, the young girl, gets att- attacked by one, and it half attacks her, and it gives her all the knowledge because, like, you yeah. know, it half goes into her brain, and she can see, it, and then she becomes like the clairvoyant that knows what's going on. I'm like, yeah, horror movies need one of them. You know what I mean? Like the clear Everybody, person that explains yeah. everything that's going on. I was like, I'm happy with that. That it needed mm. that because it's so ridiculous. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, um, so. So yeah, yeah, but I'd call it, yeah, it's like a body melt, body horror, slimy, wormy, gooey, icky, fun, romp. <laughs> but the only thing, it's a cool film, but the only thing that lets it down is the CG. Um, yeah. Which, you know, it's, it's there, it's there. People are learning this list. I mean, CG now is at the time when it is looking better. Like, yes. I mean, if you look at Guardians of the Galaxy, like the Rocket Raccoon, he looks fine. I don't think he'll date, you know what I mean? There's only so no. much many polygons and pixels and triangles your eye can see before it, before it um, starts to not look like a raccoon. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, like I say, because it was 2006, a lot of it was CG for the sake of it being CG. And, you know, it, it was of that time, it's like, because we can, we can. Not the, for now, it's like they go back to the, well, just because we can doesn't mean we should. Yeah. So, yeah. So this place has a whole bunch of like weird. This whole episode is like so. In the last film, we had like you know you know the Metropole was in Silent Hill. This film is yes. a whole bunch of buildings as well. So basically, the um the there's a high the high school is called the El Bassett Hotel, and that's named after El Bassett from Tremors, which we did last yep. week. Which uh yes. which is you know El, which was um which one was he was he. He was, he wasn't Kevin Bacon. He was the other one. Doesn't matter. Yes, he was the other. And then uh, the the funeral home is called the R. J. McCready, which is Kurt Russell's character in the thing. R. J. Mm-hmm. McCready's funeral home. And they're like, yeah, yeah. We've got a whole bunch of building knowledge here tonight on the old um. Yeah. Um, 
in the final stages of Grant's mutation, he resembles the master from the Fallout games. The master from the Fallout games? I couldn't tell you because I've not played Fallout. Yeah, right. Yeah. I can't even remember back then. Um, and you've got another, uh, he was also massively influenced by the comic Uzumaki by Junji Ito, apparently. Right, yes, which we talked about last week as well. Yeah, all our worlds are merging together like a sexy little world. Scone. <laughs> scone in the oven. Um, yeah. Yeah, so as I said, Slither, great film. If you haven't seen it, I remember when it came out, it was like one of those. Uh, it was weird because I went, I had advanced tickets to go see this. I saw it in like one of those mini theaters, um, back in the day when I used to get advanced tickets back in the day when, you know, there were actual films coming out Yeah, and, um, yeah, it was like, it had a high, it was like a high budget horror. You know what I mean? Like nowadays we get a lot of high budget horrors, like, you know, stuff like, uh, what do we actually have? The relic and hereditary and stuff like that, but we don't get. Um, many high budget fun horrors anymore. Yeah, and this was kind yeah. of like I mean, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but this feels like the last of the big high budget fun horrors. Horrors now, the big budget ones are real horror. Can you think of another yeah. fun horror that I got did... got as much like cinema, you know, release as this? This was up there with you know next to all other films when this came out. I remember. Mm. I can't think nothing of... crazy. I think like the last super big budget horror that was kind of fun was. It chapter one, but it's different genre of horror. It's like a different, it's completely different. Yeah, I think it would have been the closest thing. You're right. But yeah, it's still yeah. not, it's still not comedy horror no. with a big budget, no. which is, like, I reckon, is a massive, like, no, no, like, no one what kind of wants to touch that, if you know what I mean. I reckon yeah. James Gunn came in, he just wanted to do this. You know what? He, and he was like, if it fails, it fails, but I really want to do this film. Like, I've got I this like idea, I've, like, ri- I've written it, it's funny, I like it, it's gross. Get me Nathan Fillion. <laughs> <laughs> well, they always work together on stuff, so. But, yeah, I mean, it, it paved the way for him to do Guardians, and that was a great film, so. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if this going to give you Guardians, I love Guardians of the Galaxy. That and Thor yeah. Ragnarok, two of my favourite Marvel oh. movies. Thor Ragnarok was probably the best one, I reckon. Yeah, it was so good. Like, I mean, because me working in a comic shop, I always hear the people like, "Oh, but it's not like Thor. It's not like the original content it's based on." I'm like, "Who the fuck cares, mate? Like, yeah. I just want to see a good film. I don't yeah. care how close. Like, most of the other ones stick pretty close, so that's fine. And yeah. like, why, why are you complaining? You got like Planet Hulk in there. Like, you know, you had well, Hulk that, on the other planet. Like, they they merged right. that in there. Like, come. But also, fuck. if I have to keep watching the same bloody Marvel film. Just with a different title and a slightly different character each time. I kind of want it to be fun. Did Thor Ragnarok have a, an Infinity Stone in it they were chasing? Because I know the. Or was that just like just kind of about Thor and that just getting back from wherever they were? I can't yeah, remember. Yeah, I think it was just like it, it was a filler movie, I think. Yeah, which was the best filler. Anyhow, yeah. um, moving on, let's move into yeah. horror news! Each week, me and Jen take you through the horror news you need to know about. Welcome to Horror News. <laughs> <laughs> Every time. I I know, my werewolf is getting better. Your werewolf bum it's my ho- Oh, my horror werewolf. My news werewolf. Mm. I love it. It's such a thing. News wolf. You're news- like Wolfman Jack. Ah, news wolf. It's my See? new name. There you go. That's what they called me in high school. Really? No. Um... <laughs> 
Okay, what's your first story, Jen? Great. Uh, so Chris Columbus is producing what sounds like a family-friendly Chupacabra movie for Netflix. Now, Chris Chris Columbus, just that mm. name. What are you doing? Like, <laughs> who, has, so, who has the last name of Columbus and then goes, you know what would be a good name? Christopher. Yeah. <laughs> like, do you think that, anyone? Well, that's it, why they do it? Yeah, it's that's just like, why have you heard they do that, it. Have you heard that name before? Nah, I think it's pretty original. <laughs> <laughs> so, for those of you who don't know who Chris Columbus is, he wrote Gremlins, he directed Home Alone, and he was responsible for the first two Harry Potter films, I believe. Oh, don't get me um, wrong, I love him. Yeah, but um, yeah, I mean, and he also did Home Alone too. So, you know, you know my love for the Culkin. Did he do Home Alone 1? He did, yes. Right, he did Mrs. Doubtfire. He did. <laughs> Hello! <laughs> he did the so movie. He's, he's, he's a very capable uh, cinema person. He's he's good. The best thing so, is when you look at his uh, profile on Letterboxd, it's just got Mrs. Doubtfire as his picture. <laughs> and that's not him. It but should it- just be a picture of Macaulay Culkin. That's all. Forever and always. It's true. It's true. I'm in the wrong picture. Yeah. yeah so, ch- chubacab- so yeah. Chubacabra. What is Chubacabra? Okay. So the Chubacabra is like a, it's a, crypt- it's a cryptid um, from Mexico. Uh, let's see if I can give you a little What's bit What's a cryptid mean? Like a cryptid. A legendary so- creature in the folklore of parts of the Americas. <laughs> parts of the Americas? <laughs> yeah. So a Chubacabra. So cryptids, you've got like your Bigfoot, your Loch Ness monster. Um, aliens are kind of fit into that kind of thing as well, slightly. So all these like folklore creatures, like goblins, and it's, so it's basically just a thing to make documentaries about. <laughs> no, no. Yes, uh, idiots to make documentaries about, and then find nothing and make me watch it for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> uh sure. Um, so yeah, so it, it's a crypt, it's a mythical monster that um, eats coyotes. It's, it's <laughs> just primarily yeah. coyotes. <laughs> yeah, it's well, it's what people blame stuff on. So you know, the the blood of the sheep are being sucked dry. So well, what are we going to blame it on? It's well, we can't. It can't be coyotes. Coyotes would tear them apart. So what's sucking the blood of these sheep and leaving them? Well, it's going to be the chupacabra. As the chupacabra can literally be translated as uh, from goat sucker. From chuba means to suck, and cabra is yeah. goat. <laughs> He's there a goat go. sucker. Why did yeah. you say that in the first place? Now I understand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it all makes sense now. Uh, the good old. He should call the the show Goat Sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I definitely watch that. So he's gonna make a um, kids one. <sighs> yeah, so it's gonna. Be, it looks like it's gonna be an ET style adventure. Uh, rather than a creature feature. The film follows a teenager who, while visiting his family in Mexico, gains an unlikely companion when he discovers a young chupacabra hiding in his granddad's shed. Oh my in order God. to save the mythical creature, he must he and his cousin must embark on an adventure of a lifetime. With John Lithgow. With John Lithgow. <laughs> and Harry. This is just Harry and the Hendersons again. Pretty much. Go home! <laughs> Do you remember that in... You don't belong here! Remember that in 30 Rock when Jack watches that? <laughs> <laughs> Go home to, 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 um, to, to Frank. Oh, 
Yeah, Frank. Oh my god. Oh, glorious. If you haven't watched Thirty Rock, yeah, go right now and watch the entire six seasons. Six seasons. It is maybe, in yeah. my opinion, in this one soldier's opinion, the funniest television show ever. I think it is. I'm watching it again recently, and it, I think it's better than Seinfeld, and it may be even better than Frasier. That, I can't comment on that because I don't know how. I only just watched it very recently for the first time. What? 30 Rock? 30 Rock, yeah. Did you just find it amazing? I loved it. And everyone talks about how much they don't like Jack Donaghy. Are you kidding me? We shouldn't like Jack Donaghy. And I'm like, he's my favorite. Oh, my God. Every like, line he says in that show is amazing. Like, and it's true, he is a like a horrible character, but like, he it's is, hilarious. Yeah. Like, yeah. like, like he is but, like he's money. He is like he's like big yes. big money. Like, yeah, with a heart of gold. Yeah, like he yeah he acts like he doesn't, but like oh man, yeah, such a, such a good show. Anyhow, anyhow, we we but, digress. Yeah. So go out there, watch Thirty Right. Yeah, if you're a nerd. If you've got nerd tendencies, if you've watched lots of films, it has so many good like references. It's so good. Like it, it's true. My my girlfriend the whole way through watching it just sort of would turn to me every so often and just be like, "You're Liz Lemon." Yeah, I, and Claire, certain things would it, happen. Liz Lemon is I every woman, woman, hey. Yes, like, yes. And, and she's 100%. like not just everyone wants to be. She is just every woman, and just like how, yeah. just how like. The lines, every person that says a line in that film, like everything Jenna Maroney says, I always <laughs> piss myself because she Jenna she gets you so off guard. Like she's talking and then she would just say an, a line and then add a bit on the end and you realise that what you've heard is just ridiculous and amazing. Like Garbage. And, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah my, one, my one big thing, I, I don't like Kenneth. I don't like the actor Jack McBrayer. He annoys the shit out of me and he infuriates me throughout that whole show. I love it. <laughs> like That's everything. all I have to say about that. <laughs> Anyhow, Chibacabra. Anyway, Chibacabra. Chibacabra. So from the picture on sure. Wikipedia of Chibacabra, mm-hmm. I'm going to try yeah. to explain it for the podcast listeners. He does not have a coyote here. He has a goat in one hand and a chicken in the other. He basically looks like he's got the body of like the creature of the Black Lagoon, but he's got gigantic eyes like a grey and a big demon mouth with a with a lashing tongue and teeth. Not a mm. very good description, actually. Yeah, imagine, like, the monster of the Black Lagoon with giant alien grey eyes, and that's what he looks like. I'm cool with that. Is he aquatic? He look- He's not aquatic, no. he. The picture depicted actually looks like uh, one of the characters from Dino Riders. Yes, 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 Dino Rider. Um, there's other pictures because it's this isn't what... Oh, you mean photographs of what real ones that people have really taken? Like the Oh <laughs> yeah, those ones. Yeah. So if you go to Google Images Oh, and I am already there. It looks like, it's kinda like a big old dog. Oh, it just looks yeah. like the lion cat from Saga. Sure. Yes. Okay. So wait, wait, what? So the Chibacabra is just a dog. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't shit on my cryptids. I'm shitting on it. It's just a dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's a thin dog. It's a malnourished dog that people have mistaken for like with very very long arms and legs. It's kind of like the werewolf stage in the werewolf movies where it's all gangly and thin and just 
before it's like full buff transformed. Well, National Geographic has an article called Chupacabra Science, How Evolution Made a Mythical Monster. I'm pretty sure that'll be your best um, Chupacabra uh, resource considering it's National Geographic. But, yeah. So you should read that. Let me, uh, we'll pop that into the show run and you can put that in the Facebook. <laughs> Sure, we should, I will. Um, we should do this more often, put it actually in here and remember to do it later. <laughs> that is true. I write it down and then I walk away from it and yeah. there you go. That's fair enough. Anyhow, back so, to yeah. the bloody back to the news though. So the yeah. good old Christopher Columbus. <laughs> yes. Oh, mate. He's discovering a film about the chupacabra. Oh, my God. Oh, I, I mean, I might have to eat my hat later on. Yeah. I just don't think this is going to be good. Oh, that's a pretty big call. You don't make calls like that. Yeah, not very often. But like, no. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know if like, the chupacabra is the right cryptid that you want to be doing a family-friendly film. Well, it's just going to be a, a, a doggy, mates. Well, because I mean, you've already done, you know, Harry and the Hendersons, so you can't really go and go and do another film like that. But there are heaps of other cryptids you could do. Go home, Cobra, Chubra. <laughs> go home. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Well. See, I don't know. Well, Who if, knows? I mean, E.T. style adventure films. See, E.T. to me, I love E.T. Like, mm. E.T. is the most unsettling film. I would nearly put that in the category of horror for me. Like, I find it so weird, that film. When he's, like, sick and in the river and he's all white and then all the men come and build a body, uh, the base around him, I'm like, this is sickening. I can't handle this. <laughs> like, yeah. it just really makes me feel weird. Now, as a kid, man, I was like appalled like seeing yeah. that i couldn't believe that they did that to et or whatever mm. he was and then there's that weird scene where he gives the kid bloody a sexy time from mind linking with him and i'm like what's going on so weird Interesting. i've not watched et in years so i could not comment on well that. there's brand new versions of it spielberg went in and re did all this uh put cg in it all and made him cg did you know that no yeah, there's like a there's like a new a, a better version of it. I don't know what they call it, but he replaces heaps of um all like if you go onto YouTube, there's like a video. It's like all the shots that are changed in CG in ET, and it's it's a ma a massive amount, like so many scenes, like you know, re full redo of the shot of the of them you know going over the moon with the bikes and stuff like that. Like everything's been redone. I all see okay. all ET's face is CG and stuff, and I'm like, why? Just mm. like this, like that was history, and you basically don't you learn anything from Back to the Future. You don't go back through history and fuck it up. It's true. <laughs> you end up it's not existing, true. Steven Spielberg. You'll be playing, buddy, on the stage, and you'll start to disappear. Yeah. And how's my Boo. rant? Who wins? But yeah, <sighs> we'll and see. We'll we'll keep an eye on it and see what happens with this film. It's but, true. Yeah. Chupacabra yeah. watch. Ladies and gentlemen, 2020, 2020, Let's forget <laughs> about it until then. Right, what's your next? What's your next story? All right. So it looks like John Carpenter will receive a lifetime achievement award and deliver a masterclass at the virtual edition of Fantasia Fest. Um, that's cool. Like he deserves like a full lifetime achievement award. He's done some amazing films in his time. Yeah, the the picture on this. So this is from Bloody Disgusting. The, yes. the the picture on this film is a very old picture of him. He looks old in that, but now he looks like he's got long white hair. You know what I mean? He looks, he, yeah. He is now a crotchety old man. 
And he's like, ah, back in the day, I made shit. <laughs> and I'm pretty certain he just loves being that crotchety old man, and I love it. Yeah. Well, he makes films that a lot of people don't like, and then he's like, fuck you, I didn't care. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I love the fact that he's just like, whatever, I don't give a shit. Like when the thing, watch it, when he made the it. thing, and they're like, we just made people cool about Aliens of E.T., and you bring this out? And he's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> I can do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah. I don't care. I do what I want. Yeah, uh, yeah, John. So, yeah. Oh, man, it's not ma- time. A masterclass. I wonder what that involves these days kind of stuff. How much um, is it? I mean, so he would be talking about, so he'd just be talking about his, his career. Um, he'd be talking about Halloween, The Fog, Escape from New York, The Thing, Starman, They Live. Oh, man. Um, he has his repertoire. Yeah. And, I mean, he, he's also uh, a touring musician. Um. Uh, well, that's fine. He just recently did a documentary about Synthwave, which is really cool. I haven't had a chance to check that out either. I, but I do yeah. like Synthwave, and he is a he is an an avid user of it in his films. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, I mean that's a nice little little bit of of news that you know someone who is so big in the horror community is is actually getting a lovely little award. I was wondering. I still want to know what the masterclass is. Is this something that like you're enrolled for, and you like learn how to make films, or is it just a masterclass as in like a TED talk where he just talks about his film industry and stuff, his his career? I think it's going to be more like a TED talk kind of thing. Oh, I can't wait know. to watch that. Actually, that'd be great. Yeah, I hope it is available for people to watch, or becomes available for people what? to watch. Because I would love to watch something like. That. What is the Fantasia Festival? Um, so it's like a horror festival. It's kind of like the South by Southwest for horror films. All um, right. So everything's all purely online now. A lot of these festivals are doing um, digital festivals so that we don't yeah. have to completely miss out on everything this year, So, oh, I kind which of, is really good. I've been really loving all these like E3 digital, uh, all these like stuff like that because I, I finally get to attend the events as much as anyone else can attend the events and not have to go to America yeah. and not have to line up or pay for anything. And I just think even if everything goes to normal, I reckon heaps of these places are just going to do it like this anyway because, like, now people are Quite used possibly. to it. And, like, yeah. imagine the money uh, they would save when, you know, shit's back to normal. They'd be like, well, cool. Um, yep. And I feel like they're getting way more reach. And as soon as the film comes out, people are going to jump on films. Eh? As soon as America starts creating films again, the cinemas start again, people are going to go watch anything. I mean, people are watching yeah. anything that's playing. We already live in Australia and the cinemas are back. In our state, at least, like, until, you know, everything shit hits the fan again. But, like, you know, the the highest, what is it, the highest, like, watched film last month was, like, Star Wars. Yeah, I was going to say New Star Hope Wars. And, and, you know, Indiana Jones. And you notice, like, the ones that they're playing, it's a footy from, like, that, that period. you got Indiana Jones, Star Wars, um, Back to the Future, Raiders of the Lost Ark, like, all those kind of really classic films. Like, no one's playing, like, you know, no one's playing Twilight. <laughs> No. <laughs> you know no, what I mean? No one's, not. like, you know, those big, that, at the time, were big blockbuster films, but no one's going back to them. They just go straight to these, like, 80s classics. classics like, yeah. And it's great. It's, it's the nostalgia trip, and we all we all like that trip. We do. I love that trip. It's my favourite trip. Trip down memory lane. Anyway, I am <laughs> excited about this. I am definitely going to join in Fantasia Fest, and I want you to remind me, Jen. Maybe you could, yep. come, you could come over. And you could, is it on one night? Um, I don't know. I will look into it and uh, let's uh, sort that out. Yeah, let's watch it together and we can report back to everyone on this, what it is yes. the next time. 
How long? Oh man, we've been going for way too long. <laughs> uh, let, you got you got stuff to do. I do have stuff to do. Um, I have to go see a man about a house. I want to buy a new house. Yeah. So a little bit of housekeeping. Um, we are on. Oh, do you want to do this bit? Yeah, so we are Terrorvision Horror Podcast. We are streaming on all services, all good streaming services. All the best. Uh, all the best. SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iTunes. We are also on YouTube. Um, so please, please, please uh, give us a star rating, leave a comment, follow us, like us, com- like interact with us. We love it. Uh, we have an Instagram at Terrorvision Pod. You can also email us any questions, comments, hate messages, death anything. threats. Death threats, Anthrax. that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Terrorvisionpod at gmail.com. Um, mm. that's, that's it. Dan, you've got some housekeeping? Yeah, so I also do, if you want to hear a bit more stuff about video games and the video games I've been playing, um, I'm part of a video gaming podcast uh, network called Hack the Dino Gaming over on YouTube where we discuss all gaming news and what we've been playing and all sorts of stuff like that. We record a live show on Friday via Twitch and then we uh, put that show out as a VOD over the next two weeks on YouTube. So you can watch, catch it up later over on YouTube or you can watch us live on Twitch uh, every second Friday, which is this Friday. And basically you can comment to us Call us, you know, call us names, poke sticks at us and stuff like that. Um, I do that with Braden Dixon, Ben Rosenthal and Floppy Starrick. There's four of us. It's um, pretty much the best video gaming show on the internet by far. Derp. <laughs> sure. sure. Um, and that's it. And sure. 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 Wayne's <laughs> oh, world. Um, and until next week, may all your dreams be nightmares.